Hey everybody, it's Bradley with the Insurance Guys Podcast here. Before we get started today, I wanted to tell you about this week's sponsor. You know how your clients get overwhelmed by how confusing insurance is? Well, insurance agents tend to feel the same way about online marketing. Let Uptown Marketing help make sense. Martina is the owner. She's a very, very good friend of ours. Head on over to UptownMarketing.com to check them out. Insurance agents from around the world, welcome to the Insurance Guys Podcast. My name is Scott Howell, your fearless host and leader, insurance agency owner and insurance evangelist for iProtect Insurance and Financial Services, based out of Huntsville, Alabama. And before we get started on today's episode, please help me welcome, he is a six foot three sophomore from Sarah Land, Alabama, parade first team All-American, rivals five-star recruit. He is a fantastic insurance agent and the agency owner of Portal Insurance. Ladies and gentlemen, please stand and welcome the incomparable Mr. Bradley Flowers. How are you, Bradley? You're getting better and better at that intro. It's tighter every yeah, time yeah, you do it. Yeah. You know, in the beginning, it right. sort of just kind of came to you. Mm-hmm. And then I think maybe, you know, three sessions ago, mm-hmm. we had some that it kind of mm-hmm. wasn't quite right. And we had to redo it. Right. And now it's like, it's on point. It's tight. It's hundred times. Yeah, all you have to do. hundred times. Yeah, that's right. Times. We recorded episode one hundred yesterday. Mm, mm, with Sydney Rowe, guys, we are blessed and honored to be on this podcast today with you. I'm excited to have our guest on here. Not only is he a great American, but he's also a good friend of mine, and he's been a supporter of this show since day number one. I am humbled to call him a friend of mine, and uh, we've actually Bradley slept together. Um, now we'll clarify the way you and Aaron have slept together. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. So we, Aaron and I have slept together. A lot of people, I'll let their mind wander as to what that, that, yeah. Well, we were at 8% nation. Bradley and I were booked to do a podcast there. It was in Dallas at the, was it the Stanton hotel? I believe Stanton, Statler, Statler hotel. And, uh, about a a month out, I booked a room there. Because I was going to do the extreme travel. Mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. flew in and flew out mm-hmm. the same day. So I booked my room, and Aaron and I had talked. He, he was going to come travel from San Antonio up there. And so when I called the book the room, I said, hey, look, I need two queen beds. I don't need a king bed. So they booked the room. No problem. We'll, we'll make that happen, Mr. Howell. So we get there, and in, in between this time, I had joked with Aaron on Facebook Messenger about how I just booked us a king-sized bed. You know, of course, I knew that wasn't true, but I was just making him think he was going to have to sleep with me. Well, we get there to the Statler, and he and I got there at almost the exact same time. He was there maybe 10 or 15 minutes before I was. Did he pick it from the airport? No, 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 no. He he drove in. I, I took an Uber. But we walk up to the front desk. I'm checking in, giving him my credit card and my ID, and I said, uh, we, we, we do have two queen beds in the room, right? And she said, uh, no, uh, it's one king. We, we've only got... She said something like 30 queen bedrooms in this entire hotel. It's a big hotel. It is. But, you know, those rooms are already booked. Somebody's yeah. staying there, so y'all are going to have to sleep in a king-size room. So we get up to the, the room and open the door and walk in. Sure enough, there's a big king-size bed. <laughs> and, of course, for those of you that don't know, Aaron and I both are not small people. No. We are fairly large yeah. adults. What's funny is, you know, I flew in that morning – Mm-hmm. I think I landed at 8.30. I was at the hotel at 9. We didn't go on till 11. Mm-hmm. And I texted Scott and was like, hey, I'm going to come up and hang mm-hmm. in y'all's room. You remember this? Oh, yeah. I'm going to come up and hang in y'all's room. And we'll get a game plan. We had all our audio equipment and things mm-hmm. like that. 
And so walked in there, and I'm and there, we're just sitting there in like full blown conversation, and all of a sudden my eyes wander down, and I'm like, "There's one dang bed in here," <laughs> you know? Yeah, and I think it was okay, probably because Aaron and I both were in the Marine Corps, right? You're used and, to that and, kind of stuff. Yeah, when you're in the Marine Corps, you learn to sleep. It, it doesn't matter where you yeah. are; you just fall asleep where you fall asleep, and that's one of the things that the Marine Corps teaches you is. Yeah. Don't sweat the where you're going to sleep. Yeah. Right, right, right. Who? So I have one really important mm-hmm. question: is mm-hmm. is who was Big Spoon and who was Little Spoon? I don't. We didn't spoon. I, <laughs> I I was pleased to hear from him. I didn't snore loud enough for him to wake up in the middle of the night. That time you night. and I shared a room with two queen it. beds. I got. We've done it twice. Yeah. You you like sleeping with a grizzly bear. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I've been told that multiple. Mm, you screamed. I mean, you know. You, yeah, I, I don't really know I what to say to that. Talking about Charlie. I'm know, sorry. Like, you know, I'm so, we got to no. find some Charlie. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Grant, um, Grant doesn't get that. No, no. Well, guys, I'm humbled and honored to bring our guest on the show. Let me go ahead and introduce him. Our mission on this podcast is to help you agents in any way we can. I think we're going to be able to do some of that today. I want to give you actionable steps to uh, get off the podcast and go do something about. So without further ado, he is originally from Baytown, Texas. He currently lives in San Antonio, Texas, and he is married to Beth, his beautiful wife, and has three daughters, Aubrey, Eva, and Lily. I'm not sure where he was stationed at, but served four years in the United States Marine Corps. He is a graduate of Texas Tech University with a bachelor's in biology, chemistry, and has a forensics minor. He is the owner-operator of Robertson Insurance Group and started in the insurance business in February 2008 in life and health and has since that time migrated to a full-service brokerage for life, health, and PNC in 27. Ladies and gentlemen, please stand and welcome my friend and great American, Mr. Aaron Robertson. How are you, Aaron? Brother, I am doing fan-supertastic. I am blessed and humble and honored that you have on this podcast. Dude, there are people in your life that you meet and you just instantly are attracted to them. And when you and I finally had a chance to meet, I think you had reached out to Bradley and posted some funny Snapchat pictures. At that time, I didn't really know who you were that, that well. But after he was imitating you. Yeah, right, right, yeah. But after we got to know each other and started talking on the phone some and spent some time together, and that night we got to get in the boat and talk about a lot of things when we were together, I, I consider you a really good friend of mine, and I just appreciate all your support you've given us. It's been a heck of a ride. I know you guys were a little insecure or insecure about the way y'all started out the podcast mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and uh, the deliverable messages you wanted to have. And, mm-hmm. and uh, I, from day one, I was like, man, these guys are speaking my language. Mm-hmm. I don't do real well with you know books or, mm-hmm. or you know or people trying to get real too heady with the with the mm-hmm. subject matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, just tell me what I need to do. And you know, I had a couple of coaches in my business tell me, you know, are you coachable? Mm-hmm. And I damn sure am. So mm-hmm. uh, you, you brought it to me in a message that I could that I can take and uh, apply in the street and make some money off of it and feed my family. That's what it's about. You just spoke to some of the things I want to talk about on this podcast. But jump in the passenger seat of my DeLorean with me for just a minute. And I'll tell you what I want you to do today for me. Go back and go back to the Marine Corps days of being in the Marine Corps, talk about who you served with in the Marine Corps, and then just kind of work your way up to today and talk about how you got in the insurance business. All right. Well, I'll back up just just before that. I actually was, um, of course, doing a high school thing and trying to listen to my mom and dad and tell me about what I was supposed to do and what's right and what's wrong. And, but there's these uh, parties that I decided to go to instead of high school. So mm. long story short, I had, to, I had to drop out of high school because my dad said we made a man's decision to go get a man's job. Mm-hmm. 
So I had to drop out of high school. I was working construction, backfilling, uh, was doing dirt work. Mm-hmm. And um, come to find out, uh, that job didn't last forever, and I didn't want it to. My mom, uh, to use a coin, a coin term that you use, is a rocket fuel. Mm-hmm. She looked at me, she said, you'll never be nothing but a, a high school dropout. Mm-hmm. And that per- that doubt that she had in me was mm-hmm. all the rocket fuel I needed to mm-hmm. go back and get my diploma. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll, my dad was a Marine, my uncle was a Marine, and I knew uh, a U.S. Marine is mm-hmm. the title I, that I had mm-hmm. uh, in my heart. Mm-hmm. Um, it was going to be a Marine. So I got my diploma with the high school. I uh, went to the Marine, the Marine Corps to be able to wear the uniform of so many people have come before me and mm-hmm. so valiantly wore that, that uniform was such an honor. Mm-hmm. And I was the 5th Marines. I was the 5th Marines out there where you were, mm-hmm. uh, Camp San Mateo, Camp Pendleton area. Mm-hmm. I know you were 3-5. I supported 3-5 within the 1st Combat Engineer Battalion. Mm-hmm. I think the thing that I like about the Marine Corps was so much that it was the elite of the elite, mm-hmm. um, and not everybody could do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of the people that wanted to do the military decided not to because that was too hard. And mm-hmm. I think that's been a life theme for me is making things harder unnecessarily. But I wanted to have that challenge. I wanted to have I that. Like that. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I wanted to have that challenge to go out and and do something that I can. It can never be taken from me. Right. Uh, and I, I served with uh, some fantastic Marines. Uh, I um, got promoted really fast, and uh, I actually got discharged August twenty fourth of two thousand one. And I was taking my first college exam. Uh, when 9-11 happened, and um, of course, uh, I was finished with my exam, and they said, hey, we're being attacked, and mm-hmm. you tell a Marine, fresh out of the Marine Corps, that mm-hmm. we're being attacked, I'm looking for a rifle and a flak jacket, ready to go put rounds down range, and well, come to find out, I'm a sole surviving son, um, I, my, I don't have any brothers, and my father's mm-hmm. dead, so I wasn't deployable back to the Marine Corps, mm-hmm. so uh, I had to kind of sit and watch from the uh, sidelines and root my guys on, uh, I don't think we lost uh, any, of, any of my Marines. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's also a fact you don't really want to dig up too much information on because what right. you don't know won't hurt you. Again. Right, right. But uh, I think that I, 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 I trained those guys to go and accomplish a mission and come back to their families uh, like the goal was from, the, from day one. Mm. What was the one thing that you learned in the Marine Corps in terms of training or just being in it that's helped you the most in the insurance industry? Or have you even thought of that before? No, I have. You know, I think everybody has their problems. Mm-hmm. I was sharing with one of my clients the other day is that, you know, if you look to your left and you look to your right in the Marine Corps, that Marine is doing the same thing you are. Mm-hmm. I and mean, he's got the same amount of weight on his back. He's carrying a machine gun or a gun just like you are. He's going up the same grade of hill you are. And he's probably hadn't, you know, eaten as much as he liked or hadn't bathed as much as he liked or mm-hmm. did those things. But he's still putting one foot in front of the other and, and, and making up the hill or, or, or make it to the mission. So those things, being able to count on those folks uh, in the Marine Corps is kind of how I decided to build my insurance agency now of military folks, of folks who are transitioning from the Marine Corps or other branches of service. Of course, I'm partial. You know, have that, that transition from the Marine Corps to, hey, I can count on these folks because we're in the civilian world. You really can't count on civilians. Right. You know, they tell you one thing and do something different. So right. um, with that being said... I really look to that to build my agency around folks and keep the core values mm. of uh, honor, courage, and commitment that uh, I keep with my customers as with my staff. I've mm. got a question for you, too. How often yes, during running both of your businesses do you go back to some of the things you learned in the Marine Corps? Or if you're dealing with something, say maybe, you know, we all deal with situations that it's just like it just doesn't seem like there's any it's so frustrating and it doesn't seem like there's any way that that you can win. I mean, we had a situation in our agency this week where, you know, something got screwed up. So essentially we've got to write a policy and not make any commission on it. Mm-hmm. 
you know, and you get into these situations, how much do you draw back on either A, drawing from that experience, or B, you know, I've definitely been through worse and harder? I think for me, and Aaron, I don't, I don't want to speak for you because you may have a different take on this, but I've given this a lot of thought. I always rip the mirror off the rearview mirror. I never look back at anything I've done in my life in the past to reflect on it, or it's almost like sand when the ocean comes up and it, it goes out. I, I just don't ever look back on it. But I do think there were a lot of things that I learned in the Marine Corps that are ingrained in me subconsciously. So it's not you looking back on it, it's just how you're made. Yeah. It's just, you know, all we are is that all the things, all the experiences we've had in our life, they culminate to make up your personality. So there's two things I'll say about the Marine Corps that I think really helped me in the insurance business. Number one is how to take an ass chewing. (laughs) If you're in the insurance business and you're a principal agent and you've got any size agency whatsoever, you're going to have disappointed clients with claims, with billing accounts, with I've already paid this. And it really, for me enabled me to take the kind of ass chewing that it's like water off a duck's back. It doesn't even, in fact, I expect to take an ass chewing. I'll sit there and listen to one for a pretty good while unless they, you know, get personal. That's one of those. That's very important because I see a lot of people make mistakes when people and clients are upset and they give it back. You've got to let them vent. I mean, obviously there's a point Mm -hmm. where, okay, Mm -hmm. it's like, all right, Mm -hmm. but you've got to let them vent. And a lot of times those clients that you let them do that, Mm -hmm. After that, they're the nicest clients. Absolutely. They just wanted to be. What else? And speaking to that, and I think this is something that I appreciate about Aaron, and I know this about him because we chewed a lot of the same dirt. There are certain people in your life that when you chew their ass, that friendship's over. Yeah. I heard somebody in a podcast, I think it was Burt Kreischer the other day, was talking about, he was, he was, man, when a friend of mine chews my ass about something, I just can't get over it. Like, I'll tell them I'm over it. I'll say, you know, oh, no, it's fine. That's okay. But we're, we're, it's never going to be the same. Yeah. And I think from being in the Marine Corps, Aaron and I both, you have to learn not to have that mentality because you're getting your ass chewed all the time about something, right? Yeah. So uh, I think that's something that kind of draws me to Aaron because I know at any time, day or night, I could pick up the phone and call Aaron and chew his ass as hard as I want to chew it, and the next day he's going to be over it. Right. And it's, it, it's, we're going to move on. I think that's important to have in a friendship and a business relationship. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. And on that, I'll say one of the things that I always draw upon is like, you know, in the Marine Corps, they're they're doing it for a reason, right? right. I, I don't like doing that, I, mm-hmm. but I, you know, I have a certain expectation of what the agency's mm-hmm. going to run, how my how I'm going to interact with my clients, mm-hmm. and those things are non-negotiable, right? right. So, um, there's a business relationship and there's a personal. If I chew your ass, it's because there's a business issue, right? Mm-hmm. I'm never going to chew your ass on a personal level. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, I may get right. into it and say, hey, this is what done correctly. It's this never going to be because you're in a bad mood or right. anything like that. Negative. Yeah, that's right. And, but it's, after that, it's done. I'm, I'm, hey, man, let's go have lunch, man. Let me buy. Let's, let's uh, mm-hmm. go out and we can uh, do whatever we want to do. How much do you attribute, and this is for both of you guys, how much do you attribute the Marine Corps to your success? In other words, do you think you would be successful or as successful had not gone through that? I don't know. I have I, no I, idea. I don't, I don't think at all. I, at all? I, I don't think at all. I, I don't think not even one I think I don't think I would have made it to this business. So in my first twelve months in the insurance business, I made nine thousand dollars. 
mm-hmm. $9,000 in insurance business. My wife begged me to quit my job. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was, I had enough change in my cup holder to go get her some water. The mm-hmm. gas luckily was still turned on in my house that mm-hmm. I, I could go and get some water to, to heat up mm-hmm. so that I can get her a hot bath. And I went to my neighbor's water hose in Lubbock, Texas in November and showered in her water hose. Mm-hmm. And to the Marine Corps, I cannot stand cold water. And mm-hmm. that would even double that effect of not being like cold water, but I had to be clean for the next day. Right. So if you're not really ready to make that commitment and just dedicate yourself to the mission accomplishment, uh, I, I mean, easy, giving up is too easy. Mm-hmm. You know, that's in life and in business. Um, we had a case that I told you guys about a while back that everything went perfect. We, we on their commercial insurance, we had every line from health to vision to dental to commercial, the whole thing, work comp. We saved them 54% on their insurance overall. Mm-hmm. They were stunned and pleased. 60 grand insurance. So they called us and said, hey, we're selling our business, so we're basically losing all the insurance. Mm-hmm. So that was a setback. But I thought to myself, you know, there's a reason why this happened. Doors will open. You know, God will yep. put things in front of me that these things will open in front of me, and, and there's going to be a reason. This is what you learned. Here's what you learned from this smaller case that you think was huge, and then you'll get this bigger case. Right now, I'm about to wrap up a $245,000 commercial insurance case, mm-hmm. uh, oil and gas, uh, and I'm going to make that one of my vertical markets. Nice. And uh, so that was the door that opened for me, and I learned from it. And uh and I, I don't, I don't look back negatively on things. I don't look back at all. I know bad things happen to good folks, mm-hmm. but that's today. Tomorrow, you wake up, open your eyes. If uh, God gives you another opportunity for another day, mm-hmm. make the most of that day. And that was yesterday. Let's well, move forward and press and on. It's one of those things. You know, I had a friend that was running a business, a high-profile business, locally, that was getting some legal flack from someone locally. For for nothing other than the hobby of the person who was mm-hmm. being antagonistic. It was just the, the person was just being a dick. Mm-hmm. And one of our mutual friends said, hey, look, I really hate this for such and such. He's going through this. And the guy said, man, do you know what he did in the Army? And explained to me mm-hmm. what this other mutual friend did in the Army. And he said, mm-hmm. that crap don't bother him. Mm-hmm. And after I, looking at it from that perspective, I was like, man, he probably thinks he can do anything. Right. You right. know? I will tell you both the two things I have the hardest time with, both are direct results from the Marine Corps. When I got out of the Marine Corps in 1999, I got called into two different people's offices and two different jobs that I had and was told to sit down and had a very frank discussion about how direct I was and how blunt blunt I yeah. was and, and specifically with females yeah where you know Aaron and I came from a, it was a man's world Back and then especially and and exclusively you know if you're in the fleet which is the you know that's the real Marine Corps that's that's the ground pounders the bullet pillows I was a 0351 dragon gunner which replaced the old uh, flamethrower in in Vietnam but it was a multi-purpose shoulder fired assault weapon and uh, I was in support of the 0311 bullet pillows that were knocking down doors and doing close quarters combat in Iraq and, and Afghanistan. Uh, we typically were on Humvees. I was a vehicle commander on a Humvee. We either had a 50 cal or a tow on the top of it. But one of the areas I had was having to dial back my aggression relative to telling people what to do. Because in the Marine Corps, man, it's just, you, hey, go get it done. There, there is no, you know, there is no soft, yeah. there's no soft, hey, let's talk about this and let's do that. Take the, the problem and nip it in the bud. 
Yeah, and and for a lot of civilians, especially females that have more of that B-type personality, it would literally hurt their feelings the way I would talk to them because there was no empathy or uh, softness to the way I spoke to them. And I had to get called down to the mat twice about that. Uh, I've noticed that about you when there's a problem or an issue. You just you don't think about it. You just straight up address it, whereas like I may – Think about it for two or three days right. of how to approach something. And, and that's proved. I mean, I had something recently that, you know, it was a difficult conversation I had to have that I put off right. and ended up just not doing it. Right. You know? right. And so that's something that I admire about you greatly, Bradley. And it's something I admire about my wife. She can be a emotional terrorist in that <laughs> I'm blunt to the point. We'll say something that'll really hurt your feelings. Even when I do that to her, which does not happen. I mean, it's very occasionally she will take that information. And it's almost like you see her storing it in her mental folder, (laughs) Rolodex, and she'll wait like two days. She'll wait like two days. And then she's coming back. back, But but here's the problem. She's had two days to be thoughtful about how she was going to respond. And when it happens, I'm like, oh, boy, here it comes. And so that was one area. The other screenshot from 2004. The other area that I think the Marine Corps probably, I don't want to say helped me, but probably hurt me is before I was in the Marine Corps, I was just Mr. Happy Go Lucky. always wanted to have a good time. Funny. All the time. Not the class clown. Oh, absolutely. I was. (laughs) But from the Marine Corps, I think I, I really lost the ability to be empathetic to people. No matter how bad somebody's story is, I think they look at me and I'm standing there with that no expression face thinking to myself, yeah, yeah, bad, bad shit happens. Sorry. But I lost that ability to be empathetic to people relative to horrible situations. Because Aaron, you know as well as I do, I mean... You and I have been through, I mean, the stuff you and I talked about that we've been through. I'll take the Pepsi challenge with anybody if they want to go toe-to-toe on tragedy and horrific events that have happened in their life. But I just don't have that capacity to be very empathetic towards people. Does that that make sense? No, it absolutely does. And, you know, I think one of the things that I I tried to do, I tried to keep the Marine Corps in in my heart, but on my tongue, I try to tamper that back because, you know, mm. I will say things. Uh, a lot of folks will say, don't ask Aaron Robertson what he thinks. Right. I mean, if you say it and, and, mm. and I and I feel passionately about something, it's going to come out. I'm going to tell you exactly mm. how I feel. I had a, mm. a good friend of mine tell me, he says, Aaron, he said, the problem with you and the way you react and your personality is, he says, 99.999 trailing nines is, is what you say is 100% accurate. Mm-hmm. It's just the way you say it that sucks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, mm-hmm. yeah. and, and, and so I have to work on that. And, and I think one of the things I've been trying to do in, in coming back to the empathy part is that, you know, I, I think there's a difference between listening to respond mm-hmm. versus listening to understand. Um, I, I think that's huge for me, listening to react. I can't wait for this person to stop talking so I can interject and just bam, cut them down because yeah. a war of words is, is for me is the best battle I can get into. Mm-hmm. But one of my uh, managers before told me that, man, we need to just bring it back. I need a, a kinder, softer, gentler Aaron. Mm-hmm. And I did that. I was trying to be coachable. I was drawing on his years of wisdom. But what he was forcing me to do was not to be authentic, right. not well. to be me. And I think I was so conflicted. I hated it the way I was interacting with people. And I was never rude. I told folks, I will never be rude to you. I will never curse at you. I may curse around you, but I'm never cursing at you. I want what's best for you. And one of the things is, is you know, once I decided to, Stop being the so- the kinder, softer version mm-hmm. of what he wanted me to be. I became myself. My sales took off. 
right and drawn on you know what gary vaynerchuk says you know be you mm-hmm. in 2019 self-awareness has been my overall theme mm-hmm. i've i've discovered things about myself and and, uh, and embraced that mm-hmm. there's facts about myself that i i want to work on but damn it i'm just not good at it so right. why don't i double down the other shit that i know i'm badass at mm-hmm. and outsource the other stuff and let's just go to battle with that i'm yeah. ready well one of the things i've noticed about myself is uh, when I love someone or I care deeply about someone and they come to me with an enormously big, huge problem, instead of empathy, I replace empathy with as they're telling me what that problem is, doesn't matter how bad it is, I'm immediately, my mind goes into overdrive. And I start thinking to myself, how can we solve this problem? How can we solve right. this problem? And then they're looking at me thinking, Scott's, Scott's just not being empathetic. And I'm not giving them the, oh, my gosh, this is awful. This is so bad. But in my head, it's not that I don't think that. I understand how bad this situation is, but I'm trying to fix it in my head. I'm already sitting there going through three, you know, all right, what are three things we can do to fix that? How can we fix it? How can we make it better? And, you know, I go back to Mike Stromso and what he says, and I love Mike, and he says a lot of great stuff. But one of the things that moved me so much is something he said. No matter how big the problem is, if nobody died, we can fix it. And so as soon as somebody comes at me with a huge problem, I'm already starting that. All right, how do we fix this? How do we fix this? What do we do to fix it? And trying to think quickly and accurately on how to fix that. Bradley asked earlier, what are some things you can, you know, go back to the Marine Corps? That's probably one thing I can go back to is trying to think on my feet as quickly as I can to solve huge problems. I'll tell you one other thing that one other thing that I've that happened to me that tampered my personality. Mm Mm-hmm. Is having three daughters, right, right, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, you can't you can't react to them like you know like right. you had a son or something like that. But mm-hmm. that will definitely tame the beast. No the doubt. Lord knew what He was doing when He did not bless Scott Howell with a daughter. That's right. I would have lots of issues. I, I've never been around little girls like your daughters here today, and I. I I don't really know what to do around them. I've just never been around she little girls. She thinks we're on the radio right now. Does she? Yeah. We see. I've I mean, got, I can't really explain a podcast. So yeah. I've got one young son who's twelve. My son. And then my my only sister, who I love more than anything in this world, has three boys. So I don't even have any girls in my family except for Kim, my wife, has a 16-year-old daughter. And she, she lives with us. But she's almost grown. Right. And so it's it's a little different there. But even with her, I, I, I struggle with coming home and she's in the living room and I'm like, hey, you know, like <laughs> I don't know what to say because I've never been around a 16-year-old girl except when I was 16. So very unique situation. So Aaron, when I thought about your podcast, for some reason, it made me think about the last thing that Gary Vaynerchuk talked about on our podcast. And that was go out and talk about your insecurities on social media and you'll find that people will be drawn to that because you'd be surprised at how many people are going through the same things that you're going through. So what I'd like to do today is we've talked a lot about the Marine Corps and what our experiences were there. Let's talk about, you said the shit that you're not real good at. Let's talk about you know, you're still in that one-man shop type mentality that we talked about early on in this podcast. Talk a little bit about problems and issues that you're having 
the things that are, you feel like that are holding you back, I can promise you there's going to be more yeah. than one person listening to this that's going to be like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm the exact same way. And things that you've maybe struggled with that you figured out and overcame. Absolutely. You know? Without question, I mean, there's a lot of that. So, you know, being on the insurance side, specifically, you know, selling duck insurance, uh-huh. um, you know, with Affleck, right. uh, there, duck was insurance. So, there was there was so much out there that I didn't know about. You know, mm-hmm. I got one of my uh, mentors in the business, Greg Weeks, said, he said, you know, you're you're stuck in the Affleck bubble. Mm-hmm. So what I, what yeah. I was forcing myself to and that, do and is, Aaron, that is, happens with every company. Mm-hmm. Anytime you work oh, for absolutely. like a captive company, you get stuck in that bubble and you learn about things. You know, there's so many things out there you mm-hmm. don't know. You know, you don't know what you don't know. Absolutely. Even companies or mm-hmm. even products or, or carriers. I hope if, if anybody gets one thing out of the podcast is that, you know, a couple of years back, I decided, hey, you know, this management gig with Aflac, it provided me the most. I've never dreamt I'd be able to make that much money with, with the company or in my life. Mm-hmm. But I knew my clients wanted more from me. You know, mm-hmm. I constantly, man, do you do health insurance? They'd be like, well, you got, you got any work comp? I mean, what does mm-hmm. Aflac do? I'm like, I, I don't do that. You know, mm-hmm. so I'm leaving money on the table. But the best thing is that, you know, people do business that people love and trust. Mm. People loved and trusted me and they want to work with me. And so I was like, why, why would I not do that? Mm. So sitting myself down in a class and uh, Kaplan, uh, Kaplan and saying, Hey, teach me property and casually. And the only damn thing I knew about PNC was that I had to pay my auto insurance, the homeowner insurance once a year. Right. The insecurities come from lack of knowledge. But right. one thing, again, going back to being coachable and being uh, an open vessel that to have folks, you know, uh, one of the previous podcast podcast guests said to have them, Scott Kendall said, is have them pour into you. You know, there's, you can pour into other folks and learn from that. And, you know, I've had a one girl tell me the other day, she goes, I look up to you, you're a mentor. I'm like, God almighty. I mean, I, I hope I don't disappoint you because, you know, I didn't think anybody looked up to me, but there's a lot of things I've, I've overcome. Is that not the, the scariest thing in the world the first time somebody says that to you? Mm. It, yes. I'm like, I will I will disappoint you in no time but, flat iron. <laughs> that has been, and, and, I'm, and I'm not scared to admit this, that has been the hardest adjustment mm-hmm. for me mm-hmm. when we started this podcast. Mm-hmm. When people who reached out to me asking questions... Mm-hmm. And I was living and dying by their by my answer. In other words, I was like taking it, and I still and I don't want to say I don't take it seriously. But when people reach out, like I would like get this enormous anxiety, like I've got to get the right answer for Jed or Josh, you know. And that was to me the hardest thing to overcome with this. With when it took off, was people reaching out to us. And what you have to do is you almost have to, and I see a little bit of this in some of the personalities on social media, whether it be Gary Vee or, or anybody who's putting out a piece of content around someone asking them a question like at a conference. I see, almost can see them like not overcomplicating, mm-hmm. like let's dumb it down a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I kind of do the same thing like you default to. So I'll give you an example. The kid from Pakistan right. that reached out about a year ago, a kid from Pakistan, for those of you that, that haven't heard us talk about this, that was an insurance agent. And he was dealing with all these problems that were relative to selling insurance in Pakistan. Right. Well, I like crawled up in a hole for like 30 minutes like I want to answer this kid but like how in the world do I relate to someone selling insurance in Pakistan right and I said well all right let's back up a little bit Mm -hmm. how would I answer this if it was somebody in Dallas Texas right and kind of dumb it down a little bit well that ended up being the answer right selling insurance is selling insurance Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. and so I just to speak to that I, I completely agree with that sorry for the for the rant but 
that is something that is very difficult to get over with when you finally are in that mentor role and you're possibly not ready to be in that role. Don't you, right. don't you think? Oh, absolutely. I yeah. agree with that myself. Someone also you introduced me to that uh, I am forever grateful is Chris Paradiso. Chris mm-hmm. Paradiso says, you know, you will be, you'll need to hire folks before you're actually ready. You need to hire that person because once that person comes on deck as a producer or CSR, that uh, you need to have someone in place because that business will come. If you're doing what it takes to grow your business, that business will come. You have to be ready for that growth. And I didn't know, but I mean, I listened to so many podcasts out there um, yeah. you know, Jenny and guys, you know, Zach and Matt, and of course y'all, I've listened to every single one religiously. Like I'm probably the first download you guys get in the morning. I, I can't wait for Wednesday morning to hit that. I would guys dare podcast. to say Chris Green might be before you yeah. because there's been some Wednesdays that I forgot to send Johnny the description and it doesn't go out till Thursday and I'll get a text like before I like get back from the gym where's from my, Chris Green. Podcast? Yeah, yeah, where's the podcast? But it's because he's on the road so much. Yeah. Yeah. So, Aaron, what? tell me some things that you're struggling with right now. I know when you and I were in Dallas, which has been a hot minute ago, you and I had some very frank discussions. You're, the girl that was assisting you had just left. She was your one employee that you had. You were struggling. I mean, I think if we're going to throw insecurities out there, let's just do it. But struggling financi- financially with selling enough insurance and getting to that point to where – renewals were coming in and you were at least breaking even because you were in the red at that time. So since then, kind of bring us up to speed and tell us where you are. I think I was definitely headed toward the red. Uh, I knew, I uh, can see kind of the roadmap where it was going. I, I saw it, the person I had, and I still consider her a great friend and we, we left on good terms. And again, that was a conversation that we had, frankly, that I was listening to understand, not listening to react. And mm-hmm. I found out there's a deeper issue that, you know, insurance wasn't for her. Right. She says, well, I feel like we're constantly chasing our dinner. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, we are. Yeah, and I right. effing love it. You know, that's exactly yeah. what I want to do. Uh, I, I can't punch a clock. I can't be on salary. I don't want, I go crazy. So I think my biggest uh, insecurity right now is I don't have the money to go out and take a, you know, big loan, nor would I, even if I did. I, I don't have my mom and dad that would say, hey, here's, Right. Here's some money. Go invest it and, and buy a book of business. Mm-hmm. Or hey, you know, we're in the insurance business. Let me take you to my wing and show you. Mm-hmm. I, I don't have that. So what I'm doing, what I'm producing, the last few months, you know, has been a hell of an uptick. And God has blessed me with great opportunities. And, and they say it's real hard to hide hard work. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're working hard, the results will pay off. And so I've been doing that. And um, there's one thing that's out there. I mean, I have insecurities, and I don't mind. You know, I don't mind sharing with anybody. But the one thing is. You will not outwork me. Mm-hmm. Uh, you will not want it more than I do. The thing is, is I have to duplicate myself. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't be sitting in front of a computer making rate sheets and, and waiting on replies from underwriters on quote. My biggest thing is out talking to customers, get them to trust my agency. Hey, here's what we're doing. Here's how I want to do it. And if I can be one person, you know, with all this ACA, Obamacare stuff, it created a lot of confusion in the insurance market. And I say, if I can be that one person that could guide you down the path that makes your life easier, simpler, and God willing, cheaper, would you like one person to deal with? And they don't, I can't stop talking before they start nodding like they're in church. Mm-hmm. They want to say yes right now. Make my life easier. Let's do this right now. Mm-hmm. So the answer is, God, I just need the money to hire somebody so I'm not up at midnight doing auto quotes. Right. I come home to three small little girls, and they all look up, look up at me, and they need things. Mm-hmm. Another insecurity I have is I have two um, two daughters that are on the autism spectrum, mm. and um, they're the reason why I hustle so hard. I understand because they're watching me. You know. Right. Right. And uh, 
And so they need they need to dad and they need they need treatment and uh, there's nothing I won't do to make sure they have everything they need. Yeah, that you know rolls into your why of what why you're working so hard and what you're doing and that sense of responsibility that we all have for you know our employees and our families and the customers and the clients that we have and protecting their assets and doing all that. You know, I understand where you are with that. I think a lot of people out there have kids with certain types of disabilities and things like that that are giving them that reason to get up in the morning and go hit it as hard as they can because you know we all want universally as parents whatever your parents did we want better for our kids we want to give them the best we want to give them the best health care we want to give them the best opportunities if you're unwilling to work hard and you're unwilling to get out there and get after it every day it's just really really hard Unless your uncle Bob leaves you with $20 million or something, it's really hard to get ahead and to be able to give them those types of opportunities. And that's something I say at the end of every podcast, you know, go make money for your family, go make money for your kids. I know that that is a very difficult situation for you to have to deal with both you and your wife. And I know there's times when you struggle and probably have doctor's appointments and other types of appointments to deal with those types of situations. But I appreciate you sharing that with us because I know there's other people out there going through the same thing. You know, I look around and um, Fridays we do program called the grateful dads and we're you know i'm, I'm all about the community-based uh, networking and giving back to the community and, and i do a lot of that and i see some people that are in, you know far worse off conditions than my kids are right you know my kids are you know two arms and two legs and walk around and maybe they don't communicate as, as good as they want to or they say mm. some some off the wall things but you know what mm. damn it could be a lot worse right i think that uh, if everybody had that perspective you know hey today's a, a bad day or things have happened bad but mm. you know hey it could be a hell of a lot worse and i think that's right. one of the things that softens you from the Marine Corps that, you know, I never, I never would, you know, get emotional talking about my family in the Marine Corps. Now with the three daughters, you know, right. that's going to happen. And I don't, I, that's another excuse. I don't mind being emotional. I, I get involved with, uh, with some kids and I, you know, they have some, some challenges and man, I want to get in there, you know, and help them. I'll get that fix it model, but there's some things you just can't fix. Mm-hmm. Well, the day you have a daughter, all the testosterone leaves your body. That's I learned right. that on For July 11th, 2013. You've got the <laughs> yeah. Gulf of Mexico worth of estrogen running through your house. So, even the dog, the female in this damn house. So. <laughs> so tell me this. I want to hear about carrier contracts. We've talked a little bit about that and the struggles you've had. You know, they asked me a question. Bradley and I were in front of about 50 carriers and brokers, and they asked us this question. And the question was this. After the podcast, what is one area that you didn't know there was a real problem in relative to insurance agents that you've now kind of recognized? And one the, the answer that I gave, and you were part of this answer, was from talking to people who had very small shops or maybe they were just a one- or two-man operation. And I don't think because I came from the nationwide captive environment for so long and didn't really have to worry about that the one thing i've noticed is how difficult it is for smaller agencies to get company contracts carrier contracts is that still something that you're dealing with and having having issues with you know what it is and and one of the things i think that i was enlightened to by this podcast is that you know I saw the trajectory of where the insurance market was going, and mm. that's why I decided to, man, I got to jump in with both feet, burn the boat at the shore, mm. and make this what I'm doing every single day because I've got a certain amount of time. Mm. Going back to the Jeff Roy episodes, they're selling insurance on Amazon. Mm. 
that scared me into action to say, if this is what I'm going to do, I got to get going now. Right. And so one of the things is that I know they're trying to kind of whittle out. And when Gary V said it, I almost jumped out of my chair because it was right. I think the middle is going to get hollowed out. Mm-hmm. I think even with looking at nationwide, I think some of these guys are going to be going to big mm-hmm. nationwide captive brokers mm-hmm. or to maybe a call center environment. The middle, the middle ground is going to be weeded out. Mm-hmm. The middle in so, every sector of life and business always gets at least squeezed. Mm-hmm. At least. Mm-hmm. Correct. You know, you look at the people right now, you know, I have some family that they make too much money to qualify in terms of health insurance. Let's, you know, they make too much money to mm-hmm. qualify for, you know, some of the government subsidies with the health insurance, mm-hmm. but they don't make enough money that it to justify paying $2,200 a month in health insurance. Mm-hmm. It's a perfect example of the middle getting squeezed. Right. Not to mention technology coming into a space mm-hmm. business-wise, you know. Right, right. And more importantly, in the middle being squeezed, the barrier to entry for insurance is getting higher and higher and higher. I mean, uh-huh. you don't walk up to travelers or, or something like that and say, hey, uh, my name is Aaron Robertson. I want a contract. Yeah. Well, no. The, the, you know, that's not how that works. The right. barrier to entry in insurance is getting higher to break through in ways that benefit the agent. And it's getting easier in ways that don't benefit the agent. Mm-hmm. That's why you have, I think, a lot of agents signing up with some of these groups or carriers clusters. or whatever. And there are some great clusters out there. There are also some terrible clusters out there. Right. And that's why you have agents signing these contracts, having to put down $40,000 and give up 45% of their commission. Right. That contract's out there. Right. And there's agents signing up for it every day. Right. And so the barrier to entry in ways that we are trying to do it mm-hmm. and doing it the right way in ways that benefit us with the 15 to 20% commission and the contingency bonuses mm-hmm. and you own 100% of your book is getting higher and higher and higher. Mm-hmm. And what's happening is is that's making way for mm-hmm. some of these bottom feeders coming in right. and that are taking advantage of agents. Right, right. Aaron, are you with a cluster or an aggregator? You don't have to say who it is, but are you? No, I am. And that's one of the things that I when I realized, I'm, like, I'm, I'm well aware of the rule, the building calling out, the right. barrier to entry being higher. But I've also had to realize it kind of took me a minute to step back and go shit i'm also subject to that right. <laughs> you know i can be aware of it i'm also subject to it but yeah i got uh, an aggregator that uh, i was given you know number to one of my friends she said hey go try these guys mm-hmm. i got a handful of personal lines mm-hmm. one commercial has been an absolute blessing underwriter and you know, we get along great there so that's kind of and they're willing to help right uh, so i do have an aggregator but one of the things i think you're gonna have to realize if you're starting this business and trying to kind of jump up and and you know, grow into a, a, an agency is that you're going to have to pay somebody. Right. You're going to pay somebody. And you know, I would reach out to people that you love and trust and make sure that you're paying the right person. Mm-hmm. And that structure of that contract is in your favor as much as possible. Right. No insurance cluster is going to give me an unfavorable contract, but right. as good as possible. And that's one of the things that I'm forever in debt to you guys that I could pick up the phone right now and call people that I have no business mm-hmm. to be We feel the same way, man. Yeah, we don't. That, is, that has probably been the one benefit of us doing this podcast. I was mowing my grass about uh, two months or so ago, and I had my phone in my pocket, and I'm listening to music, and of course, hard rock and heavy metal, that's another thing that, you know, not, not very common mainstream, mm-hmm. right? But I picked up my phone, and I looked at says Chris Paradiso, which right. I, I talked to Chris, and that's the thing. And the fact that he answered my calls is still shocking to me. Mm-hmm. He gets on the phone. He goes, hey, Aaron. He says, yeah. He said, do you have a minute? I said, absolutely, for you, anything. He said, I'm, I'm on the phone. I got Mike Strom so I'm on the phone with mm-hmm. I turned my damn lawnmower off and inside. <laughs> like, I'll, whatever you tell me, I got a pen and paper. I'm ready right now. Right. So, you know, having those avenues to reach out and 
Strom Show wanted to give you, you three know. tips, and then he said, "Oh wait, no four. Oh wait, no five. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. There was a lot of information on that notepad, but I, I had to reach out and make sure I was in the right way. You know, one of the things I, I try to do, and it's probably it's probably a fault of mine, is I always think that the people that you just mentioned and other people in the industry that I've met, I don't feel like. I never want to bother them or them to feel like they're providing more value to our relationship than I do. So there's probably been times when I should have picked up the phone and called a Chris Paradiso or Mike or Jeff Roy or, you know, 10 other people I can think of. You know, the guys down at JAG Insurance, uh, Bill Butler, I spent three hours on the phone with him about three weeks talking about some first P problems I was having with people. But I, I really try to be judicious about not wanting to bother them. And I, I'm sure if they were here right now, they'd be like, dude, you're not bothering me. Pick up the phone, call yeah, me. But I'm, right. I'm just Absolutely. one of those, I'm just one of those people. Now, you know what's funny about that is I don't mind picking up the phone and calling you and just, you know, yeah. talking for right. 30, and 45 Chris, minutes. Chris is one of those guys. I was on the phone with him about a month ago, and we were talking about the CEO of this one company. Right. And I was like, man, I would really just like to give him my two cents on this if I ever had the chance. You know, and he was <laughs> like, hold on one second. I'll get him on the phone. Boop, boop. Yeah. I'm on the phone with this guy. And I'm like, uh, hey. hey. And Chris is like, all right, I'm going to jump off. I'm just I'm like, all right. So any of you guys listening, do not tell Chris Paradiso you want to do something unless you are serious. And it may happen right then. It's going to happen right then. I'll add one other thing, you know, and, and I don't think there's anything uh, I think Chris shared at one time. That, and this is something I'm still astonished. And it's like Christmas until it actually happens. I don't actually believe it's true. That uh, the first week of November, I'm actually going to uh, to spend a week with Paradiso Insurance. Awesome. Staying in Chris's house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to go up there and stay, stay with him and uh, learn. He's going to walk me into these different carriers and mm-hmm. probably, like you said, into the CEO's office. And, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm a jeans and boots guy. I could go get some Sunday go meeting clothes. So, right. well, we went um, up there. We, you know, within two hours of being there, we were sitting at a lunch table with the CEO of a major insurance carrier. Yeah, true. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just a couple of rednecks from Alabama. Yeah. Yeah. I love to dress in different ways to throw people off. I always go back to that Woody Harrelson movie when he walks out on the basketball court and he's got his, his socks pulled up and the headband on. And about semi-pro? Uh, no, it was a, I think it was white the man, White Man Can't Jump. That's it, white right. Yeah, yeah, White Man Can't Jump. And everybody's like, man, he can't play. And he gets out there and just shows out. So I go up to Paradiso's office and I intentionally wear like boots, blue Were jeans. You no, not uh, may have may have wore a cowboy hat, and I knew it would throw Paradiso off because he would be like, "What in the world?" Of course, Bradley has a suit and tie on. Chris has got a suit on. on. I think you okay suit on. Jacket. Next time I see Chris, fast forward a month and a half later, I go to the Hawksoft conference. He's tell, he's giving a lecture. I walk in. I'm wearing a Brooks Brothers three piece suit. Really? And he, I'm sure he was like, "Who? What? What?" Did, who is this guy? What is he doing? So I love Chris Paradiso, and he, he's just a fantastic advocate of the insurance agents out there. But tell us as we wrap this thing up today, what are three areas that you feel like you really need to work on right now to become a better agency and a better agent? I think um, – Or have you given that a lot of thought? To, no, absolutely. Yeah, I think about those things daily. I think uh, organization, make sure I have things you know, jot and diddle. As I say, you know, they should be in line. These things are organized. If I go to a file, here's what it is. You know, I'm a blunt, dull instrument. You know, I, I don't do the finesse organization. When I, and I've got a label maker on my desk, and that gets used occasionally. And, and right. I have to remind myself, label this, put it in a folder. You know right. where it's at. Right. So I think organization and structure is one of the things mm-hmm. that I think I, I'm probably the weakest at. Oh, um, probably 
Yeah. And one of the other things is probably going back to, I think the GNN guy said that, you know, they highly recommend specialization and mm-hmm. niche marketing, the mm-hmm. vertical in that niche. You know, for the last year, I've been kind of trying to do everything. Right. Anything that walks and talks and calls my agency number, I mean, I'm going right. to try to quote it, you know. Right. But I think have the discipline to say, you know what, I don't know that I want to write mm-hmm. the health insurance on this restaurant. Right. Or I don't know that I want to, and I found it the hard way, I don't want to write a convenience store. I did write it, and then I got a phone call two months later after I saved the guy sixty, you know, $600 that he was canceling. Right. So those are things that I have to discipline, the professional discipline, I guess, mm-hmm. to say, you know what, that's not in my my niche. It's not in my wheelhouse. I need guys that are jeans and boots. Those types of clients are in my wheelhouse. I have longer relationships with them. Mm-hmm. Don't let the jeans and boots fool you. I mean, these guys are walking around, you know, multimillionaires uh, and, and running an oil and gas company. Mm-hmm. So uh, having that discipline um, to, to stay away from the things that I know are not good kind of like fast food. I know McDonald's is not good, but damn, it tastes good. Right. And, and it's that, that immediate satisfaction, you know, doing things that take uh, a little longer, doing it the correct way. But I, I'm just not willing to compromise with my clients. I'm not willing to compromise the quality. I'm not willing to compromise myself. If you call me and you want an insurance quote and you don't have, uh, you don't want to give me your VIN number or mm. you don't want to give me your wife's date of birth and all that, client. I don't need the insurance that bad. It's not my client. I had a guy the day want me to quote his commercial insurance and he owns an insurance agency mm-hmm. and he didn't want to give me his tax ID number. Right. I'm like, you know what? If there's a billing issue, I probably won't be able to get that resolved. Right. So, I'm like, you know what? I just bow out. I didn't didn't want to ruin it for the guy who referred to me. Mm-hmm. And uh, hey, I, 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 maybe it's not a great relationship, man. I appreciate you and good luck to you. And maybe I hope to talk to you again soon. Back to the McDonald's example, you know, obviously there's a lot of areas of quality that you know you don't necessarily want to compare your insurance agency to a McDonald's. But correct. One of the and I know there are some captive companies that teach this. One of the things that makes McDonald's great mm-hmm. is let's say you're flying internationally and you've got a layover in where's a layover spot across across the pond, hey, Germany. Doesn't matter, yeah. You got a layover in Germany and you're starving, you've been this long trip, you've been around nobody that speaks English and you see a McDonald's, mm-hmm. you know what you're gonna get. Right. It's the same experience ninety nine percent of the time. Mm-hmm. And you need to try to do that with your clients. Back to onboarding, you want each client to have the exact same experience. Well, if you are trying to attend, I'm not saying don't push yourself and try to learn new things, but if you're trying to bring clients on who are out of your wheelhouse, you're not going to be able to give them the same experience every single time. Right. right. Don't you agree, Aaron? I do. And, you know, and I think the other thing about maturity, professional maturity, is the fact that, you know, you may look at that McDonald's sign, she's that example, and go, God, that's going to that's gonna be amazing. Let's go get this. You know, I'm, I'm a probably rare bird that thinks a filet of fish is a good sandwich. Mm-hmm. Well, when you eat the filet of it's fish when you're done, good. you go, that was not as good as I thought it was going to be. And you like crap after you eat thing. it. Right. And so I think with that being said, you know, I think there's a good balance between pushing yourself out of your wheelhouse and knowing what you're capable of. And I think if you do things the right reasons and for the right, you know, with the right intent of, you know, helping that client, even if it's a little bit outside your wheelhouse and just, you know, purpose of full disclosure, hey, you know, I'm not. I'm not diverse in all this, but I mean, I'm going to learn as much as I can and having that full disclosure. And if you're good with the people, I think the the business will come around to you. I think there's some, uh, there's some room for growth on that side. Yeah. I'll say this as we wrap this thing up. I do believe that you're on the right track. You know, you're surrounding yourself with people who have been successful. Now is your time to go to guys like Paradiso and other, other people in the industry and, 
copy or you know take what they tell you and then go back and implement it in your agency. And I don't see any way you can't be successful if you do that because they certainly have been. All the areas that you just talked about that you need help in. There's no better um, time to implement than in the beginning. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I mean, look at me. I'm implementing written and video processes right now that should have been done the first week I started. And it's so much more now because we've got so many other things we're doing that is going to take so much longer to do in terms of processes. And my time's never been more valuable than it is right now. I've got a podcast. I've got three insurance agencies I'm trying to run. And here we are trying to, in the middle of all this, implement processes, put in a new agency management system. Not to mention the whole July 2020 thing. Right, July 2020, the lever gets pulled to go independent, so I've got to be ready for that. Oh, and by the way, at some point I've got to figure out how to pay for all this because they're not just handing us our book of business. We have to actually pay the Internal Revenue Service for it. So a lot going on in my life, brother. I'm right there with you, man. It's like I say all the time, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. But... You got to take that bite. That doesn't mean, well, I'll, you know, I'll do it next week or I'll start it two weeks from now. The only way I feel better about myself every day when Bradley calls me in the afternoons, if he hears that I'm in a good mood, it's probably because I've done two or three things that day that I know for a 100% fact, I just moved our agency one step forward in the right direction. Does that make sense? It absolutely does. Those are the times I feel the best is when, because I try to keep the agency front of mind for myself. And every time I move us one step forward, it puts me in a good mood. I'm like, yes, we just moved one step forward today. That's just how I feel about it anyway. I think that uh, at the end of the day, if you can say, here's the deliverables, here's what I did, here's what I sold, here's uh-huh. what I did, you calculate the revenue of what you did. Mm-hmm. You know, when the wife comes home, how was your day? You know, and you say fine or you elaborate, but you know today you've done everything you possibly could in that, you know, nine or mm-hmm. ten hours you're working. Right. That, uh, you're doing what's right by the person in the mirror, and that's all that matters. Absolutely. Well, I'm going to close this thing out, man. I, I really appreciate you being on the podcast today. It means a lot. You know you've got my cell number and Facebook and everything else that we communicate on, but I love They're you. They're trying to get you back on Snapchat. Uh, I know, right? Everybody <laughs> is. There's and, some gold on Snapchat, baby. My <laughs> well. And listeners, listeners, reach out to Aaron. He is an awesome guy. Yeah, man. Yeah, help him if you can. If you're one of these guys that has made it in this business and you think you can help him, I or can, he can help you, and he and he can help you as well. If you're, you know, somebody going through something, Aaron's a great listening sounding board, and I think you underestimate yourself in the fact that I think you do give good advice. You've said some things to me before that have really resonated with me. So, but guys, get your get your ass out from behind that desk today. Stop shuffling paperwork. Start stop looking at your scorecard bonus. Stop, you know, doing your TPS reports. Go out and build some relationships in your community today. Write down five things, three things that you can implement today that moves your agency one step forward. Don't care what it is. Update something on Google. Go create a Facebook ad. Go take action. Yeah, take freaking action. That's exactly right. Just whatever Bradley. you're thinking about doing, just go ahead and take action yep, on just it. Just go I mean. ahead. Don't stop thinking about it and just go do it. Go make money for your family. Go make money for your wife, your husband, your kids. Save for their college fund. Your mom and dad are struggling out there. They need help. 
Go make money for them. Write good business for the agencies that you represent and write good business for the companies that you represent. Bradley Flowers, I love you. Thanks, Scott. Thanks, Aaron. Aaron Robertson, I love you too, brother. Love you back, brother. All right, man. You guys are listening to the Insurance Guys podcast. We are humbled and blessed to have you guys as listeners, and we'll be back here real soon. Thanks, Aaron. Thanks for listening to the Insurance Guys podcast. If you need to know more about me or you need to get in touch with Scott, you can always reach me at theinsuranceguyonline.com or email me at iprotectins at gmail.com. And if you need to get in touch with Mr. Bradley Flowers, go to bradleyflowersinsurance.com or email him at bradley at sarahlandinsurance.com. Guys, we love you. Thank you so much for listening. We look forward to being with you again real soon on the next episode of the Insurance Guys. Take care.